Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Notice anything different? Today, I'm bringing in my new microphone. So if you hear me loud and clear, that's why. We had a generous donation from one of our listeners whose camp name is Thunder, which helped me purchase this microphone. Thunder, thank you from the bottom of my heart for your donation. I can't wait for our listeners to hear your story on the podcast at the end of the month. If you are also interested in donating, check out the link in the show notes to our website for more information. Now about today's guest. Today, we are meeting one of my friends, Kite, who has multiple years of camp experience with many different organizations. While the majority of her camp experience is at Camp Sacagawea in Boone, Iowa, Kite has also spent time working in outdoor education and as a naturalist during the fall and spring seasons with organizations such as the YMCA and other places as well. Kite talks about navigating camp and combining it with your home life. She talks about what it's like to be married with your spouse at a different location for many summers, but she also talks about how to make your home more like camp. So without further ado, let's meet Kite. Welcome to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and for you to share your camp experience. Let's just start at the beginning. Can you tell us who you are and where you're speaking to us from today? Yeah, so my camp name is Kite. I live in the country and I've got a bunch of chickens and honeybees. We lived in Cedar Rapids, I think five years because we've lived here for three years. Yeah, that sounds magical. I love that for you guys so much. Well, can you start off with telling us about your camp background experience as a camper? Did you go to camp growing up? And if so, with what organizations and for how long? So my mom worked at camp for many, many years. She worked at Camp Abe Lincoln in the Quad Cities. And then for a little while, worked at Camp Little Cloud, which is a Girl Scout camp in eastern Iowa that is unfortunately no longer a running summer camp. So my first two years of life were basically spent at camp. <laughs> I'm kind of a camp baby. And then when I, I went to Camp Wyoming, which is in Wyoming, Iowa, for a few years, and then mostly did church camp programs where they would rent out different camps in the Midwest and then have their own staff come in and do like a church program type thing. So I've been to camp in Wisconsin and Tennessee, Illinois. It wasn't like the camp staff running those. It was like churches running them. Oh, okay. So yeah, a bit of a different experience than what you probably had as a camp staff person then. Yes, definitely. Interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a camp staff person? For sure. I started at Camp Sacagawea um, in 2014, right after I finished my undergraduate degree. I was supposed to go on to get my master's, and that kind of fell through in like a blaze of, I don't even know what. It was just, it was a wild two weeks. And my friend, Ashley, whose camp name is Chipper, was trying to console me about all of this falling through. And she's like, why don't you come to camp for the summer? Just to try it out just for something totally different. I was like, okay, you know what? That sounds great. They're looking for a ropes course expert. I have experience facilitating ropes. Previously, I briefly, briefly worked for Camp Klaus in Dyersville, Iowa or near Dyersville, Iowa. 
on the ropes course in off-season programming. So I was like, oh, that would be great. Do that for a summer. And then I just kept coming back. <laughs> so <laughs> I worked 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, all the way until 2020. And then 2020, I did a lot of the online Facebook programming for kids. So facilitated like sing-alongs and some online craft follow-alongs and a bunch of video stuff. And then in 2021, I had my daughter. I uh, was not at camp that summer. And then 2022, I came back just as a tree climbing facilitator because then at that point, Rafiki was pregnant, so she couldn't do tree climbing. You guys tag teamed it. <laughs> yeah, we really did. <laughs> as far as other camp experience, I worked at two different Y camps in seasonal naturalist positions and then was interim outdoor education director for two different camps. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. You've had quite the array of camp experience with growing up kind of in the church camp background and then really leading into Girl Scouts and YMCA. So you've, you've got to experience a lot of different organizations. Sounds like your tenure mostly has been with Girl Scout camps. Why did you kind of lean more into that organization and to others? I did venture crew in high school. I was the president of our venture crew and that's how I got into kind of boy scout camping we did summer camp outs at klaus and then i briefly worked on the ropes course and that was great and it felt very empowering but as soon as i started working for girl scouts and realized that we can have our own space and be super empowering for women for kids for girls it just it really connected with me and i absolutely love the environment that Girl Scouts created. So was Camp Klaus, is that a Boy Scout camp or a Scouts BSA camp? Yeah, it is a Scouts BSA camp. Okay. For Scouts, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm still making that transition in my head too, because some people <laughs> still call it Boy Scouts and B Scouts BSA. I know you've already shared your camp name with us on the podcast, but could you share the story behind your camp name as well? So when I, was it? Klaus. We had camp names, but they were just for the on the ropes course. So when you went through ropes course training, you were given a camp name. And mine was KMAC, which I didn't really love, but it was better than some of the other ones in the group. Like I think one of them was Unicorn Slushy or something like that. And so when I came to Girl Scout camp, I was like, well, I kind of have a camp name, KMAC, and I'm pretty sure it was Chipper. I could have this totally right, could have been someone else, but I'm pretty sure it was Chipper that looked at me and was like, that's dumb. Pick a different one. <laughs> <laughs> Just your name. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're kind of right. And so I was thinking back in seventh grade, I went to um, a church camp and they had misspelled Kate on every name tag that I had been given. And they misspelled it as kite, which I don't know how you do that, but that's what happened. And so I floated that. I was like, well, this happened in like seventh grade. And they're like, perfect. Love it. Absolutely. That's who you are now. <laughs> I don't know how you think, oh, this child's actual name is kite. <laughs> I so... don't know. Wow. I wish I one of those name tags I had one for the longest time and then I think I threw it out in college when I was just getting rid of stuff 
but now I really wish I still had one. <laughs> like, see, look, they did it. <laughs> well, what keeps you coming back to camp? Even though you're not working full summers now, you're still very actively involved in the camp setting and everything. What keeps you coming back summer after summer? It's definitely the community. And I know a lot of people will say that, and it sounds kind of cliche, but it is such a unique place to fit in, to be yourself, to realize things or learn things about yourself. It is a little bit addicting in that sense, where you are just in a place that feels so amazing to be part of this bigger community, to be making a difference in the world for all of these girls' lives. And so that's, that's kind of what pulls me back. I also love the ridiculous things that you get to do. Like, there's just so much that happens at camp that you would never, ever get to do outside of camp, like tree climbing. Absolutely. So I just started working for the Girl Scouts in the Kansas City area. They serve Girl Scouts in Kansas and on the Missouri side of Kansas City. And I've been trying to talk them up and be like, hey, tree climbing is the next thing. Like, let's <laughs> add that to our ropes course. That would be so cool. Let me put you in contact with some people because I don't really know many other places that offer tree climbing. So that's something definitely very unique that you guys are able to offer. And I love that that's what keeps you coming back, be able to help facilitate that as well. Now, this is more for my own curiosity. You have been married for quite some time, and you have also been married yeah. in your camp career. When did you guys actually get married, and how many summers did you guys spend being married and also you going to camp? So we got married in 2015, so right after my second year of camp. I don't know how long we've been married. <laughs> it's 2015. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've got. Until 2020, my husband and I have never been in the same location for a summer. In college, when we were dating, I would be on field schools. I went to school for archaeology and anthropology. Um, so during the summer, I'd be on field schools, and he would be doing internships, and we would never be in the same spot. And then, <laughs> then I kind of started camp, and we would never be in the same spot. And so until 2020, we, you know, never spent a full year in the same location. I think that's just so incredible that you guys were both able to still do what you loved and give each other that space to grow as a person and then to come back during the next nine months and continue to work on your relationship and everything. I think that's what scares a lot of people who are either in a long-term relationship or in a marriage about doing something like this or giving it a try is what they perceive to be like a strain on the relationship or something like I always just applauded you for how you still came back summer after summer but you still took the time to be able to be invested I mean I remember you being like well we write a lot of letters and stuff like that and so I thought that that was always just so sweet if some listeners are listening in and they want to give the camp experience a try but are in a marriage or in a long-term relationship do you have any advice for them on how to kind of ease their transition into doing that yeah I will say there have been years that have been much easier than others we definitely went through some years that were just really challenging communication has always been 
something that my husband and I are very good at. No matter where we are currently, definitely made time to talk to each other every single day. It can be really hard at camp. So sometimes it would be like 1130, just coming right back or a really weird text message chain at like two in the morning. That's like, Hey, just checking in. Sorry. I haven't talked to you at all today. Can we set up a call for a regular time? Some years are much easier than others. And I think it kind of depends on what the dynamics at the camp are and what position you're in at camp and keeping that line of communication going even if it is at a random time if you only have a break at a certain time still let them know that you're still thinking of them and everything awesome yeah no i really appreciate you sharing that because that is something i've always commended you on is being able to have a relationship and still do the thing that you love to do who were some people from camp that inspired you and what did they do to do that yeah definitely been inspired by a lot of people when you're a counselor who's in units every day that is so inspiring to me doing a lot of the operations the behind the scenes the parent phone calls and so unit staff are always so inspirational to me how they can just come up with amazing activities be really encouraging to the girls and i always think back to totally on my own i didn't know anyone that year and one of my camp counselors, I think her name was Jenny, told me that my bedding smelled really good. And that's just a kind of a weird thing. I will never forget that moment, though, of being like, oh, she thinks my bedding smells good. That is so awesome. That's such a random thing that stuck with me, but was really also inspirational. Pull me out of the crowd and be like, oh, the bedding smells good in it bed <laughs> oh i love that that's kind of funny and also sweet at the same time <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest things that campers hold on to that probably that counselor never thinks about that moment ever you've mentioned that 2014 was your first summer at camp sacagawea i think that that was a magical year from for a lot of different people if i remember correctly wasn't rafiki's first or second summer 2014 as well so 2014 Rafiki was still at Joy Hollow most of the summer but she was um, there when I was there at the end I remember yeah. and then Joy Hollow closed I want to say the last two weeks that SAC was open so everyone from Joy Hollow came to SAC and then 2015 was the first year that she was the full-time camp director yeah at SAC Julia I just yeah because I mean you're saying that was your first summer that was the summer Rafiki came over for the last two weeks. That was Pip's first summer. Yeah, that was yeah. the summer Jitterbug and I came up for the first time. I mean, I feel like, wow, so much, so much of where that camp is today is because of that summer. So I'm oh, just- A hundred percent, yes. That summer was a magical experience and I'm so happy that I was able to see a part of that. It was so fun to have you guys come up too because you came up at a time, a part of the summer that's really kind of hard and challenging at the end when everyone's kind of burnt out and the camp magic just isn't there as much as the beginning of the summer. It's hard to facilitate. And then you guys rolled in and were like amazing magic bringers. Really <laughs> cool. Oh, thank you. 
No, that was our camp vacation. We we frequently <laughs> came up after our summer to to vacation at Camp Sacagawea. <laughs> so my goodness, we we loved that and loved that you guys would have us and everything. I'm kind of moving into a more heavy question here. What is your most important lesson that you've learned from your camp experience? There's so much of who I am as a mom, as a, so much of who I am as an adult is because of the time that I spent at camp. Even as a parent, things of how I am parenting my toddler, patience is a big one. I always thought I was a patient person, but man, that gets tested at camp. And now I think I can say that camp really did teach me a lot of patience. You have to have patience. And if you don't have it, you're right. You'll have it by the end of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> One of a couple ways. You're going to learn. <laughs> You're going to learn quick or the hard way. What is your funniest camp story? I love telling this story. And I don't know that Rafiki loves me telling this story. But <laughs> she has given me permission in the past to tell the story. So 2015, her first year as camp director, Button was the assistant camp director. And her and I had just come back from like a really long evening of helping a unit that had just some really challenging issues going on and i don't i don't remember exactly where we were coming from but we walked into the office we turned to rafiki and we're just kind of like chit-chatting kind of debriefing the day and rafiki goes how big of a filing cabinet would break a trash truck and i was like um, I don't know. Some of them are fairly substantial. What did you do? And she had somehow gotten a really large, very substantial filing cabinet. Till to this day, don't know how she did it. And so we spent the next, I don't know, hour digging this thing out using ropes and multiple people digging this thing out so that we wouldn't break the trash truck that was going to come the next day to pick up trash. And it was one of those most ridiculous moments. Like if that had happened at any other job, I probably would have been done on the spot. That's one of those, like, you want me to do what now? But it was so funny. We laughed through the whole thing, even though there was like a foot of water in the bottom of the oh, dumpster. Oh, my goodness. Really I'm totally keeping your story in there, too, because oftentimes you don't get to hear both sides of the story. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so excited to hear her version. Because <laughs> she didn't right. mention the water at all. And and it was at night, right, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was quite late at night, if I remember correctly. Because we were definitely doing this in the dark after a pretty long day. And she doesn't remember the water because I believe I'm the only one who actually had to get into the dumpster. <laughs> but oh, 2015 was a really soggy year. Like, we got so much rain in 2015. So, <laughs> so it was just, oh my gosh, that makes me laugh so hard. That's awesome. I love that. Well, we get to hear both sides of the story now. That's awesome. So camp kids, just be on the lookout. Make sure you know what you're putting in your trash dumpster before you put it in there. <laughs> so what's keeping you busy nowadays when you're not spending time at camp? Oh, so much. I live on what we 
lovingly referred to as a mini farm. I have always also worked in outdoor education in the off seasons as a naturalist in lots of different places. So I have my own honeybees now. I have a fairly large flock of chickens. We do a lot of rejuvenative gardening here at my house. I also have a toddler and I am also due with our second child in six weeks. So it's a very busy season of life, but also a really fun one. I love that for your family so much. And I'm so glad that you're able to use your experiences to actually live them through and be like, yeah, and this is how we garden and this, you know, how we're going to upbring the next generation. And I love that so, so, so much. Very jealous. I, I mean, I mentioned I live in Kansas city. I know that there's some things that I can do and I'm sure that I will do this spring for like herbs and stuff like that. But I grew up on an acreage. And so like we had a full fledged garden and strawberry patch and a barn and a pond. And I mean, it is, it is one thing to be able to just be like, yeah, I live off the land. I live, I live from my own two hands. That is something that is nice to be able to have for sure. It is. We were very, very lucky. We purchased this place in 2019, right before the pandemic. And so it was very, very lucky that we get to be able to enjoy this. But yeah, there's tons of stuff you can do with window box gardening, with herbs. You can do all sorts of things. You want strawberries? Grow them upside down in a hanging basket. (gasps) Very effective. Oh my goodness. You've changed my life. Okay. I'm writing that down. You said upside down in a hanging basket. Mm-hmm. They'll just kind of crawl over, they'll trail out of the hanging basket. They like that kind of atmosphere and they'll come back year after year. Oh my gosh. Yes. I would love that so much. Oh, that'll remind me of my childhood. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I have always just been so impressed with your knowledge of nature and your knowledge of just the world around you. I can't remember which summer it was that I was up but you took us on a nature hike and I, you know, I'm not native to Iowa. So at my own camps, I could be like, and here's what this tree is. And here's what this plant is. Cause I'm familiar with the plants and everything of Southwest Missouri, but I definitely wasn't familiar with a lot in Iowa at the time. And just the way that you were able to captivate the girls' attention and being like, and this plant does this and you need to watch out for this. And it was just so magical. I still remember that hike to this day. So I love that you're just living it out in every potential of your life right now. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of the best parts about doing seasonal naturalist work. Summer camp, I did do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And so those nature hikes were so special to me because it was like, this is the one time in a week where I get to actually get out and do what I love. And then I'd come back and work for a Y camp or most recently been working for Indian Creek Nature Center and do those type of programs that I'm just super, super passionate about. Absolutely love teaching about the natural world. And so I'm, I'm glad that you remember that hike. That makes me really happy. If you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? Well, I bring so much from camp into my everyday life. Yeah, I'm in a very unique position. I just recently started being a full-time stay-at-home mom. But previously this fall, my think I would bring in less technology, especially since 2020. Definitely been a person that's been kind of connected to my phone and really watching a lot of like Instagram reels and TikToks and YouTube. And at camp, 
you don't do that. That's uh, at least at Sacagawea. There's kind of a minimal technology. So I feel like should probably bring in that aspect of camp into my life. It's just, it's easy to be connected when you're at a facility with a bunch of other like-minded people. It's harder when you're trying to cultivate that, you know, with a family or just with a few people. I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I also, I applaud you for already bringing so much of camp into your everyday life. That's so wonderful. Well, if you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I would probably say as interesting and magical as the summer of 2014 was, I would probably change my reasons for being at camp. I definitely came into camp with kind of a runaway, get away from my whole life mentality, and then came to realize that that's not a good reason to be at camp. That's not really a way to bring positivity into your camp experience. I realized about halfway through 2014, if I could go back and be like, hey, this is going to be an amazing experience in your life. Come in with a better attitude. I definitely think I would have told myself that in 2014. Well, those are my biggest heavy hitting questions. Now I'm going to move into some of my final quicker questions. What is your favorite camp song? Favorite camp song is Moon on the Meadow. Absolutely love singing that one. I especially love singing that one on like the last staff camp fire. Always makes me cry every single time. Oh, I love Moon on the Meadow. That's such a good one. Now I have to ask you, cause I've, I'm very curious to know, do you sing Wild Horse and Slushy for the second verse or do you sing something else? I do sing Wild Horse and Slushy. I feel like there's a few different versions that other people at Camp Sack sing, but I have always sung the Wild Horse and Slushy version. Though you're a fantastic guitar player. Yes. Totally brought me back to campfires with both you and Rafiki playing the guitar. Oh my gosh. There's just nothing like it. You guys are both really, really talented. And I was so fortunate to be there with you guys. My next question is, what is your favorite camp meal? Anything breakfast. I will eat breakfast for all three meals all week long and be perfectly happy. Even things like the frozen pancakes and French toast sticks. Anything breakfast. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to Ace and Trotter's episode where Trotter has a camper quote of, I love the carbs in this place. <laughs> yes. That's what it reminded me of. Carbs in the place is great. I yeah. love those frozen French toast sticks that we get at camp. They're just so oh, good. They're so good. Try buying them at like Walmart. You know, you could they make frozen French toast sticks. They're not the same though. They're I not. don't know. I don't know what brand it is, but love them. Oh yeah. And you can get them sort of kind of at Sonic, but they are so greasy and usually burnt. And it's like, oh, this wasn't worth oh. it. So, so yeah, something magical about those Camp French toast sticks for sure. I don't know if you guys did this at Camp Sacagawea, but we would always like write, like make letters and stuff with them too on our plate. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have not, but that sounds like a blast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, oh yeah. We probably played with our food way too much. <laughs> it was probably not sanitary, but my next question is what is your favorite camp tradition? 
There have been so many camp traditions mentioned in your previous episodes. I love all of them. I think my favorite one would be uh, when we retire the American flag, (gasps) which we do occasionally at Camp Sacagawea. We don't do it every week. But when we do that, at the very end, it's a kind of solemn ceremony. And at the very end, after campfires cool, usually the next morning, a counselor will go out and collect the grommets that don't burn, obviously. There's only so many grommets throughout the summer. And so whoever is collecting them, like gives them away as gifts. And so I still have my retired flag grommet necklace that Button made me very early on in my camp career. That's like a memory that I absolutely love. And it's, since it's kind of a more serious tradition, I don't know. I just, I kind of love it. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because nobody has talked about that yet on the podcast yet. That is something that definitely sets the scouts apart from other organizations because I believe you're really, it's only the Girl Scouts and the Scouts BSA that go through a full flag retirement ceremony. Yes, I believe that's true. I have never heard of a why camp doing that? But I'm so glad you brought up the flag retirement tradition. It's not an experience that every scout will get when they come to camp. It's a every once in a while thing that we do. And so you're right, when it happens, it is kind of a big deal. I know a lot of girls that I've seen at Girl Scout camp, they don't even know the proper way to retire a flag and get very emotional during that experience. I love that we were able to provide that for them. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I'm wanting to keep this podcast going for a while. So who should I interview next? Yeah, I think a lot of the people are like already on your list. But if you want to branch out, I would highly recommend talking to Sean Gunderson. He is the summer camp director at the um, Des Moines Y camp. He's worked all over the Midwest and he's a really knowledgeable camp person who is not a Girl Scouts person. So he probably has very, very different things to think of, like different opinions on camp. And I think that would be really interesting. Absolutely. I am definitely wanting to branch out as many organizations as I can. So I really appreciate you bringing him to the table. I can't remember which summer did we do the Camp Olympics at the Y camp? Was that 2016 or 2017? It was an Olympics year. 2016 then, right? Had you have been. That makes sense. Do you know if he was there when we were doing the Camp Olympics? No, I don't believe so. He started working at the Des Moines Y camp in the last few years. Okay. Another great person to talk to would be Alex Kretzinger, who was definitely at those Olympics. Okay. Um, and at the time, Alex was the camp director, and Alex is now the executive director of that Y camp, but he would be another great person to interview. Oh, yeah. I've yet to have someone from the Y camp. I guess you would be the first person that I've had from Y camps on the podcast, but someone with, like, lots of experience. I would love to get their insights on that. So Yeah, someone with, like, summer camp experience. I never did a summer at Y camp. I just did, like, their off-season naturalist programming, which is a very different experience camp-wise. Oh, yeah. What do you miss the most from camp? Really miss the community and having, you know, people to talk to 
whenever you need someone to talk to, definitely miss those really, really late night, your debriefing, what has happened and what needs to happen for the next day. And ultimately it always devolves because it's like midnight. It always devolves into some ridiculous conversation. I miss those moments the most. When I was there last in 2021, it was like every night Marvel and I stayed up to like midnight or one o'clock <laughs> in the morning, like just, as you said, debriefing the day. Like yep. it took like a 30 hour debrief for most days. So. It's a, an important part of camp because if you don't debrief, a lot of stuff can get carried over to the next day, but also sleep is important. Well, if people have questions for you or want to contact you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I have a Facebook. I don't ever use it. I'm mostly on Instagram. Kite Loves Life is my Instagram thing. Well, I will definitely include that in the show notes then if people have questions for you or want to contact you. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Well, those were all the questions that I had for you. Did you have any final comments, stories, or thoughts that you wanted to share while you're on the Camp Kids podcast? Well, Kite, Thank you so, so, so much for being on the Camp Kids podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be able to sit down and talk about camp with me. Yeah, I really appreciate talking to you and just reminiscing about camp and absolutely love your podcast. Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, thank you. All right, Camp Kids, that was Kite. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and make sure to check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are a part of this camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can also find this podcast. Next week, we'll have another interview with someone who went from being the waterfront director to the kitchen manager. So stay tuned for that one next week. That's all that I have for you for now. But remember, this is good night and not goodbye.